0: Welcome to Staying in the Black, a show about teachers and money. I'm Ms. Black, a New York City educator, single mom, and personal finance translator. Join me as I build my runway to retirement. Each week, we'll share actionable steps, resources, and inspiration that educators can use to maximize their benefits and improve their personal finances. Staying in the Black means... Having more assets than liabilities and being able to pay off your debt without any problems. Stop living paycheck to paycheck and build a joyful life. Thank you for joining me. Hello
1: and welcome to another episode of Staying in the Black. I'm Miss Black, your host. And today's episode is about value, right? And so, you know, there are a lot of different things we value. We have different values, but this is a monetary value. So there is going, I've already recorded an episode about preparing to meet with a certified financial planner, but I wanted to share this episode before I shared that episode because um, I really want you to kind of like prepare and to think about some things and their values because it's part of some of your preparation for meeting with your CFP. So if you kind of do some of the values, evaluation of assets that you have before you meet with your CFP, then you're better able and prepared to give them the information that they need. Um, But as I was preparing to meet with my CFP, he, well, not even preparing to meet with him. When I initially met with him, he asked me, um, what was the value of my car? So I don't think I've spoken a lot about my car on this um, podcast, but I drive a 2008, yes, 2008 Honda Accord EXL, right? And so why do I give you the EXL part? It At the time of in 2008, that was the top of the line Honda Accord. Now, you know me, I've never owned a new car. So this actually happens to be my third car. Um, and it's my third car because my first car was a 91 Ford Explorer. I was probably like the sixth owner and it was a 91 Ford Explorer. And I got the car in 2004 when my son was born. And then when that car literally I ran it till the wheels fell off. Um, or at least the brakes stopped working, Um, completely working. I then purchased a 2004 Honda Accord EXL. And that was because, so here, the the part of the EXL part came because in 2004 and 2008, if you wanted leather interior in a Honda, you had to get the top of the line. Um, They didn't have leather interior for their other models. And by the time I bought the 2004 car, in 2008. So I don't get endorsements from Honda, but I've always bought, purchased pre-certified um, pre-owned Honda courts. And so I purchased that one and it had leather, black leather interior because by then my nephew had been born. I had been a mom of a toddler um, and I understood like how messy kids could be. And I really just didn't want to deal with keeping a car with fabric interior clean it's much easier to do it with leather like if they spilt the milk or they whatever I could just wipe off the seats and wipe it up much easier than it's soaking into the car especially things like milk um, which curdles and then you have a funky car and as a mom and an aunt I didn't have the ability to like oh my god this kid's built something in the car, I immediately have to go have have the ability to go and get it detailed. So in my mind, leather was the best way to go. And so I purchased that car in the 2004 I purchased it in 2008. And then it was parked um, in front of my house and it was totaled. Someone ran into it while it was parked and I needed to get a new car. And so that car had done really well for me. I think I had it for about four years. And then I got this my latest car, which is the 2008 Honda Accord, which I used to tell my son, this is going to be your car because, like, now he's 19, he has his license, this should be his car. I digress, but I'm just telling you all the history around this car and how long I've had this car. So I purchased the car in 2008. I mean, not in 2008, it's a 2008 with 56,000 miles. Which means it was a car that was generally leased because it came in right at the mileage, um, pre-used, I mean, pre-certified, uh, pre-owned car. So great, I purchased those types of car because I don't want to go in and out of the mechanic. They do an extra check, whatever. I just know that the car is good and it's going to run. It worked the first time, so I figured it would work the second time, and it has. Right, so I purchased the car in two thousand. And 12, it was four years old. It had 56,000 miles. Um, It has a leather interior. It has the moon roof. It has the heated seats, all things I rarely use. I use the moon roof sometimes in the summertime. But anyway, the car, that car, I meant to look at the mileage. I know that it has over 175,000 miles. I wanted to get you the exact um, mileage and I didn't. So I, I forget. Maybe I'll when I do another episode, I'll update what the mileage actually is on the car. But when the CF, get back to my point with the value of things, when the certified financial planner or the CFP asked me, like, how much do you think your car, what's the value of your car? And I said, it's probably worth about $5,000, right? It's a 2008, we're in twenty. 23 it's probably worth about five thousand dollars he's like that's all you think it's worth and I was like yeah yeah probably has a couple of dings whatever I finished having the conversation with him and then I google what's the value of the car and so you can go to Kelly Bull book the insurance agency use something else but I just did a blank google search 2008 Honda Accord EXL and the lowest car price was $4,800. $4,800. And the highest car price was about $7,000. So which meant that I was right at like $5,000. Now, when you're on your financial journey, you know, you're always being told like, don't worry about keeping up with the Joneses, you know, track your spending, be really, you know, be, be mindful of what you're spending on and all this, you know, sort of things. Don't have car notes you know, all of these things. But I have to admit to you, I had an emotional reaction to my car actually only being worth $5,000. <laughs> you might think, are you crazy? Yeah, I was surprised, right? I love my car. It, take, it has taken me to South Carolina. It has taken me back and forth to Maryland a million times. It is the car that I drive to take my son to school, to pick him up from school is the car that I drive to work. Um, It is the car that friends borrow. It is my car and I love it. And the thought that is like, it's only worth (laughs) $5,000. I was clutching my pearls. Um, I couldn't think about it. And I was so startled that I had such an emotional reaction to it that, you know, I had to reflect and I had to think about it, right? And this is how when you wonder, like how do people get into um thinking about keeping up to the Joneses and how much their their net worth is and all this other stuff that really has nothing to do with the value of the item to you. So I was driving the work the very next morning and I thought about that. My car may only be worth if someone was purchasing it from me, may only be worth $5,000, right? It also may only be worth $5,000 as far as my net worth is concerned, right? Because that, when you're calculating that, it's kind of like, what assets do you have? If you sold them at this point, what would it be worth? And so that value comes from what someone is willing to pay for it, right? So my car may only have a five thousand you know a five to seven thousand dollar value to someone else who would be purchasing from me, but to me at this very day with all that mileage and the year that my car and you know the fact that it's um over fifteen years old, it's still worth the seventeen thousand dollars I pay for it, right because if i were to if I had to replace it. I would be replacing it with a car that probably with inflation and everything, if I got another pre-owned certified, a certified pre-owned Honda Accord would probably like top line would probably cost me about 20 to 22,000. And I only know that because I've been looking for cars for my son. Right. But that's another story. So my car to me is worth that much. Because I have it, I don't have to put out that replacement cost. I don't have to worry about, you know, what, how I'm going to get back and forth to work. Um, This car has taken a licking. It is still ticking. Um, And so... The value that someone else finds in it versus the value that I have in it is two different things, and it's really the value that I have in it that matters, right? Someone also sent me uh, a a meme like or a short clip from um, like a podcast called The Minimalist or whatever, and in it they were talking about how when people are acquiring assets um, or you know, are becoming rich um, or wealthy, they tend to, and what stops them from really hitting wealthy is they tend to buy things or feel the need to buy things that signal that they are wealthy to someone else. Meaning that's where your name brand things come from. Um, that's where, um, you know, having certain things matter right? So it's like, I'm signaling to you that I'm wealthy by owning the Hermes purse, right? And you know that, and I learned that uh, a a, a little while ago, that you can't just buy that Birkin bag. You have to spend a certain number, a certain amount of money with Hermes before you're even eligible to buy the bag, right? So when you see women working with those bags it's not just the $30,000 that they paid for the bag but it's the like $70,000 $80,000 they've spent on Hermes over time that makes them eligible to order the bag which I thought was like crazy so in the small clip from the podcast it was just you know people who are striving are always looking to signal to people other people that they have money. And so they buy these huge, you know, these name brand items or cars to signal, hey, I am wealthy. You, you know, you should accept me. Um, I have money because I own these things. But on the flip side, wealthy people don't feel a need to signal their wealth. (laughs) They actually try to keep it private, which is where you get things like The millionaire next door, or you'll see someone like Warren Buffett who lives in the same house for however many years and still drives the Cadillac that's already been paid off and that sort of thing. It's because he doesn't have the need to signal his wealth and he doesn't care what you think about what he has or doesn't have. Something that I thought I was over until I found out my car was worth only $5,000 to somebody else. But because I had this like mini crisis over the value, I wanted to share that. And I'm sure that there are other things that you may have. I've always driven, um, before the. it was so, again, this is my third car. My first car was a 91 Ford Explorer. Then I had a Honda Accord, 2004 Honda Accord, and now I have a 2008 Honda Accord. And I have facilitated financial um, classes for Um, high school students and even for when for my own students and they would see my car and they would always say, like, Miss Black, that's your car? And I would say, Yes. And they were like, but you know, you're you're a principal or you're this. Why do you drive that car? And it was like, cause I can afford it. I pay cash for it and I don't have to worry about it. I can use my money in other ways. And just having that little mini crisis and thinking about like, oh, my God, my car is only worth $5,000 just made me think how easy it is and how susceptible people are to wanting to look um like they can afford things. Right. I can't afford a more expensive car that doesn't bring me joy. Like that's not my thing. My thing is travel. Right. So. I'm going to go on a fabulous vacation, have a fabulous experience with my family because those are the things that bring me joy. Those are the things that I value. I don't even do them to stunt. I just do them because I actually enjoy them. And I know that because I enjoy them, I'm going to have fun. I don't need to spend money on the car. My car, nor my travel signals my wealth, but definitely it doesn't make or break or say who I am or who I'm not. So when you're thinking about some of the things that you have and some of the things that you value for it to be a true asset right what do other people value it as how much money could you get it get for it because that same Hermes purse someone else may buy it from you but they're not going to buy it from you at the price that you paid for it Right. And depending on what it looks like, it may be discounted really steeply because, yes, they want it, but they're not getting it from Hermes. They can't or don't want to afford to pay the price to be able to even purchase the bag in the first place. Um, and generally, you know, when you're talking about luxury goods. If people. You know, you may value it because you're the new, like you just got it off the rack, but a lot of that stuff depreciates really rapidly and you don't necessarily have a real high resale um, market for it. So really think about when you're buying things, like what is the value? What's the value that I'm getting out of it? Am I buying it because it actually brings value to my life and it's something that I'm just like, I love this piece it is, you know, it means this to me, whatever it is, buy it because it's something that you value. Don't buy it. Or some people like to say, I invested in it. It's not an investment unless you can get a return on it. <laughs> Don't buy or, and I'm putting up my fingers like an ear close. or invest in luxury goods if you if you're not going to get the return on it. Um, and also don't feel the need to buy the goods to signal that you have a certain amount of, like, like you've, like, you kind of made it. Like, there's always, you should always treat yourself. If there's something that you want, definitely get it. But really think about, like, what value am I putting in this object? What value is it, it bringing to me? Or can I get, um, Something back for it if then if I ever had the need to sell it would i be would I be able to get a return or something on it that it adds to my financial growth um so this is not a judgment conversation, but it is a reflection conversation, and a lot of money has to do with me- like mentally like where you are, what are the behaviors that you're putting in place or that you're thinking about so what is the highest action? leverage step is to really, before making a purchase or taking inventory of, you know, those items and and really like thinking like, what is the value, right? And there are, and that will help you kind of like get your mindset in the right place, I'm not going to sell the car for $5,000, so it doesn't matter. It has that $17,000 value to me because I don't need a new car or $20,000 value to me, actually, because if I had to replace it, that's how much I would have to pay to get the type of car that I want that makes me happy, although I must admit, I've even started looking into smart cars because my kid is in school. My niece and my nephew are much older. I don't need the space of a full um, sedan, although I like the safety of it that I used to. So I'm looking at different things um, possibly replacing it a different way but the fact that I dive, drive a Honda Accord I'm not embarrassed by it I'm happy that it gets me to and from wherever I need to go without any questions and problems I generally just pay regular maintenance for it which is like oil change tires and every four years a new battery so really sit down and think about your assets what value they hold and I think once you start thinking about the value not only the value of what you could get if you sold it right and that factors into whether you know what type of asset it is or if it is an asset at all um but also like the value you put on put into it or on it um and that ranges from it could be a car it could be accessories purses and shoes um if you're a man listening to you like, oh, who cares about purses and shoes? You guys have uh, collectible cards that you buy. You have baseball cards, um, watches. So don't sit here pointing your finger at women. You know that you have those little things that you feel are like investment or assets for you. I would implore, you know, encourage you to look it up, see if it actually has. Um, a monetary or an asset-based value to you, or is it something that you just value? And that's fine. Um, it's not a good or a bad thing. It's just knowing what it is. And so when you're going to purchase something that in your head may sink, signal wealth or a certain of um, attaining a certain financial level, ask yourself like, do I really need to signal this? And who am I, why am I? Why do I feel the need to signal and who I, what exactly am I signaling? All right. So I hope that this is a happy uh, episode about about values. Um, As always, I'm just going to tell you kind of like what is happening for me and and what that that means. The planning to meet with the CFP episode will come out soon. I just kind of want to close the loop on that process. And so I'm waiting to have my um, planning meeting um, my planning meeting with the CFP before I, um, release helping you prepare. So we'll figure that out. Thanks for listening. Remember stay in the black.
0: And I look forward to speaking to you soon. Thank you for joining us this week at staying in the black, subscribe to make sure you never miss a show and visit our website, at stayingintheblk.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at stayingintheblk. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave a review in iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week, you